Welcome to the Future Fix. Food security is a problem for many, but it affects those in northern communities disproportionately. In Nunavut, for example, the rate of households experiencing food insecurity is 57%. Northern climates can present obvious problems when it comes to growing things like fresh produce locally. The price tag for items people in warmer, more urban settings would consider household staples can be astronomical. It's expensive to ship, and the quality of the food may suffer during the trip. But what if those communities were able to adopt technology that would allow them to grow almost anything, in any type of weather, to provide for the people living there? You're listening to The Future Fix, solutions for communities across Canada. This is Season 2 of The Future Fix, an audio exploration of the way technology and data are shaping communities across Canada. I'm Glenn Bowerman. Each episode, we present community challenges and solutions and take you to places large and small from coast to coast to coast. In Haven, Nunavut, above the Arctic Circle, there's a garden growing fresh produce for the local community. The farm is called Norvik. Housed within some shipping containers, it is primarily powered by wind and solar energy and uses a mix of hydroponics and full-spectrum lights to grow vegetables that could otherwise not survive there. Betty Kogvik is one of Norvik's local technicians, or guardians, along with her husband, Sammy. It's beautiful out, a um, little bit of cloud, but um, everything's good so far. Right now, we have um, cherry tomatoes, Mexican lettuce, um, Broccoli green, popcorn, and um, spinach. Okay, so that's that's a kind of diverse crop there. Yeah, everything's good so far with um, all all the pan. Everything's going good. I'll be ready to harvest this weekend, hopefully. And uh, for our listeners, can you de- sort of describe the farm? What what would we see if we went to visit? When you go in, the first thing you're going to see is the lab. And after you go into the lab, you walk into the left side, you'll see a grow pot where all the plants are growing. Mm-hmm. And if you go out of the grow pot, you go into the utility room. That's where the sink and when we're doing planting, that's where we all do our work there. The farm was created by the Arctic Research Foundation in consultation with the Joe Haven community and its elders, and with funding from the federal government. It's very expensive in our community, and there's so many people that don't have jobs. Mm-hmm. And the elders will get their monthly income only once a month. And 
it really helps them out, especially when they're sharing it with their loved ones. Mm-hmm. So when we deliver whatever we harvest to the elders, they're shared with their loved ones. And in terms of maintaining the farm, what is the role of a guardian? What What are your daily duties? How, how do you maintain the farm? As soon as I walk in, I write down the CO2, the humidity, and the temperature. And I check to see if anything, if all the plants are going well, to see if there's any algae or um to see if the plants are dying or whatnot. And every day at a certain time, we water the plant. Like, I check them every day as soon as I walk in. And, like, maybe once a month, I change the water with the solution in the tank. Everything that's produced in the grow pod and the containerized growing systems is given out free to the community to support and help the community. Um, this also generates a really good conversation about what to grow next. And um, it kind of creates this uh, amazing uh, community connection that, that Narvik has. And uh, the name Narvik represents, translated, uh, means a place where things grow. That's Arctic Research Foundation CEO Adrian Shimnowski. He hopes, as well as providing food for Joe Haven, that we can learn from the research gathered at Narvik. Narvik and the plant growing systems are using green energy. So we're about 90% of the power is coming from solar and wind. Mm-hmm. And then we have a backup diesel generator. So there's all types of data being collected on the efficiency of, of those systems and how we can improve the systems and how, also how we can use that green energy to support agriculture, containerized growing systems. And then there's also the plant side of things, uh, the science behind growing plants in the north and doing all that in a very harsh environment um, where summer could be you know, 24-hour daylight, but using a containerized system, closed system, there's challenges around that. And then there's also 24-hour darkness where we don't have as much sunlight to uh, obtain that solar power from. So there's unique challenges around there. So really what we're, we're looking at many different types of research. We're looking at how to improve building structures, research type structures in the north, how to utilize green energy, growing systems, and the other types of automated systems that assist with that. So within that, there are so many different types of research possibilities, and NARVIC is a starting point for building capacity in the north, training technicians, youth, working with elders and specialists, government agencies and universities, working together for a meaningful program. So it can be very, very vast. Um, Canadian Space Agency is working with Arctic Research Foundation and supporting NARVIC in hope that their research for space can be delivered through NARVIC. And uh, the knowledge that the community and our technicians and Joe Haven have valuable information that can help astronauts in space. 
really we're looking at we're looking at ways of collaborating and supporting research uh, around the world through this unique location. Over in Manitoba, the neighboring communities of the Pasquayak Cree Nation, the town of the Paw, and the municipality of Kelsey joined together to use smart farming to tackle similar issues of food security, as well as health problems such as diabetes. Here's Glenn Ross, executive director of the Pasquayak Cree Nation Health Authority, to explain. When we started looking at uh, bringing this technology in, it was due to the fact that uh we probably have uh, some of the worst rates of diabetes in the country. And uh, a lot of the other um, issues that go along with that were really taxing our, our health systems and and really uh, it, it, it is causing a lot of issues, especially in the First Nation side where there's really no support for people that get disabled from diabetes, losing arms and legs and things like that happening. And, and also the fact that we, we don't get uh, very good vegetables, uh, probably December, January, February, March of the year, you know, by the time we get them, they're usually uh, frozen a few times, kind of rubbery and, and expensive. eh? Yeah. So access to vegetables in our region is very poor during the winter months. And we really need to do this for, for population health of our region. And so what you did is you built this smart LED farm and I'm hoping you can kind of explain how that works. Sure. Well, the, a lot of the technology, a lot of the thinking and a lot of the work was actually done by uh, Koreans in Korea and they really custom made the system it's it's a system that all all the pieces match what needs to be done within the smart farm there's the water system is uh recycling it it uh, uses water over and over again as a result of that you don't have to keep you know using new water and there's a lot of uh sensor technology in there and it's very advanced uh you can use the internet of things to run the the smart farm. If you're in, uh, if your smart farm is in the Paw and you're in Montreal, you can see what's going on and you can run it from there. There's also uh, artificial intelligence involved in the smart farm, and which is also a new technology. You know, you can program when you want uh, 40, 40 heads of lettuce to be done, or in a given day during a month, or you can be that precise with your planning and growing. Eh? And so for listeners, if they were to visit this farm, what, what would it look like? What, what would they be seeing? Well, they would see an enclosed location. Um, they would see the, the vertical lights and they would see the, the plants in the farm growing. You know, they can grow lettuce within 30 days. Same with uh, things like radishes and basil. And we've been, uh, I think, all together, we've experimented with about 80 different plants including some plants from out of Canada that have been researched to actually fight uh, type 2 diabetes and and help in that uh, process, eh? Right. And so what are the kind of benchmarks that you're hoping to address with the farm in terms of health outcomes, in terms of crop yield? Well, the, uh, we want to grow enough to feed the region, to get uh, the vegetables out into the region. 
as mentioned before, the health cost uh, to the province and to our our federal government is just extremely high and rising all the time. So we want to change that so that, uh, you know, there's less people traveling for medical reasons and less reasons to see the doctors. So, you know, and then and, and also um, I think the equipment we have is, is just right for Canada, you know, in terms of uh, growing all year in a cold climate and uh, having high nutrient values to your vegetables and uh, growing with speed and precision. And I think it's something that, you know, all of our country really needs to take a look at so that we can have uh, vegetables and and fruits, you know, when, when we need them instead of, uh, you know, the way climate change is going and the way things are going with the U.S. and the lands. It's, it's tougher and tougher for us to access those vegetables and who knows what the way it'll be in the future. So this is something that I think uh, will roll into our country in a big way in the very near future. Eh? And in terms of the three communities coming together for this Smart Cities proposal, how did that go about? We've been meeting as a tri-communities over the last little while to to deal with things that are, you know, affecting all of us in, in ways like uh, garbage disposal, you know, we're, we're building a, a new uh, recycling um, disposable center, you know, garbage garbage removal plant, you know, together, which is a smart thing to do, mm-hmm. you know, instead of all three of us taking up huge areas for garbage, you know, and then and making it more good for the environment instead of us polluting large areas. So we're doing initiatives like that. And we want to work together more to to solve more of the problems that our populations are having. And it's really smart to work together because it costs us less and the outcomes are better for all three regions when we're looking at projects like this. So we really, it's been really, uh, you know, hard to get going. But, you know, I think uh, the three communities are, are really aware of each other now and we work together in a good way. And we're willing to look at these initiatives that'll help us out all together, eh? Well, Glenn, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me about this. All right. Thank you for, for, the, for the time to do it. It's no secret that what we eat is a major contributing factor to our general health. When we talk about food security, it's not just about access to something to eat. It's about access to total well-being. It's also important to consider the way we grow that food. How to produce what's needed without having major disruptive effects on the local environment, as well as the global climate. The technology being used, researched, and improved upon in communities like Joe Haven or Apasquayak Cree Nation could be utilized all over the world, even space, to promote equitable access to food, improve our general health, and respect the land we live on. In the face of harsh climates, inflated grocery prices, and a global climate crisis, communities growing their own is the fix. Thank you for listening to the Future Fix Solutions for Communities Across Canada. We are a partnership between Spacing Magazine and Evergreen for the Community Solutions Network, a program of Future Cities Canada. As the program lead, 
Evergreen is working with Open North and partners to help communities of all sizes across Canada navigate the smart cities landscape. The Community Solutions Network is supported with funding provided by Infrastructure Canada. This podcast was produced by myself, Glenn Bowerman, and Neil Hinchley. Original music composed by Neil Hinchley. And our creative consultant is Sanchita Rajvanchi. We will be back with another Future Fix in May, where we'll be talking about housing. So be sure to subscribe to the Spacing Radio podcast feed. <laughs>